I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yerstem. And we welcome you to the 22nd episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're talking about big wins from the 2018 election. And for an activist tip, we talk about Giving Tuesday. So, Melissa, five months in to the national board, how's it feeling? How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Um, There's lots to do. I feel a little behind, but um, I think that's probably pretty natural for a new, a newbie board member. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure a lot of um, listeners can, you know, sympathize because whenever you join a new board or a new leader, it kind of takes a while to get your feet wet, but um, but I'm really liking it. I like my liaison work. I like talking to the other states. And Oh, yeah. Which states are you a liaison to? I have Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Iowa, and Nebraska. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're all pretty close to where I'm at. So it's um it's been fun. I like hearing about what they've done during the election season. And, you know, mm-hmm. everyone was um, working so hard this election that there wasn't a lot of time for thinking about how to like grow leaders or even fundraising. It was just like boots on the ground, uh, voter registration, getting people out to the polls and all that work. So now yeah. it, now it's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's like, let's reflect, works. see yeah. where the holes are, see where the successes were. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Which, yeah. Um, which committees are you on? So I'm the chair of the governance committee. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so my joke is, like, I get to pretend I'm a lawyer, so that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm on the executive committee, and then I'm on the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion committee, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, Yeah. all good stuff. Yeah, and the the Wellstone um, webinars are going now where teach um, league members about the diversity, equity, and inclusion work, so it's, it's been pretty cool. That's awesome. I keep signing up for those Wellstone trainings and then I miss it. So I have to go and see if those were recorded because I have missed every single one. And I want to have some future Alice Paul podcast episodes about organizing. And I know there was one on there on organizing yes. or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there, I think they're a series of five and you, oh. they are they are recorded. So you can go okay. to them. Yeah. All right. I'll have to go find that. Yeah. And, cool. and we can put a link on our show notes, too, so people can find it. Amy, I know you've been busy with the Virginia Progressive Leadership Project. How is that going? It's awesome. It is awesome. So I don't know if we've uh, talked about it in the past, but the Virginia Progressive Leadership Project, you have to apply for it. It's through an organization called the Virginia uh, Civic Engagement Table, which is like kind of like a table for all these nonprofits to come together and support each other and get tools and resources and and work together in coalition on certain issues like the Equal Rights Amendment or or gerrymandering or restoration of voting rights. And so um, anyway, so on the side part, they have this Virginia Progressive Leadership Project. And so they people have to apply and then they identify, uh, you know, I think I think they're looking for people with different issues who are not all representing the same issues and then different backgrounds um, and different ages. It's it's awesome. And in all over Virginia, they try to get a um, very good sampling of Virginia uh, who are progressive. Everybody's got to be progressives. It's awesome. So the people in my cohort, we're cohort five. So it's not it hasn't been a long around a long time. But those people are so amazing. And every time I just feel like total I really feel honored to be in their presence, the, the work that they are fighting for, um, the connections that they make, and all of the experience that they have and that they bring 
to our trainings and the trainings are like Monday night till Sunday afternoon. And it's, it feels very nonstop. Like it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. So for example, the last weekend we were practicing our storytelling. And so you were talking about yourself and at the end of your three minute storytelling, you have to come up with it. You're coming up with an action. And we had to do our storytelling like 12 times. So you have to say your story 12 times. And then they, uh, each, each group, which so there's five groups, um, when you're t- telling it to like the sort of judge or our instructor, the ask would be different. So it might be like you're asking for a house party. So you tell them your story, you tell them the issue, and then you ask them if they'll host a house party. Um, another group would be like you're asking for $500 or $5,000, or you're asking for the volunteer to come to you, you know, come come to your next event, or you're asking, a, you know, at a committee hearing or someone who's on a committee um, at the legislative legislative session it was it's such a good exercise um and it was really hard and i think just the storytelling one after we did that all day long everybody was so emotionally exhausted because a lot of these stories are very they're very hard for us to retell so we all had to like take an hour to ourselves and just like lay down and be quiet so it's awesome so this this next week um we're gonna have our last one and it's our graduation and we're all we're talking all about fundraising which is you know one of my favorite topics um in organizing so it's um it's been great i love it um what's really cool about it is you get to practice and like really get the good skills it's not just theory it's like action yeah so like it's it's like imagine the wellstone training but then you're all in the same room for the next three or two and a half days and you get to just keep practice that over and over and over um, with your peers. So and you can bounce ideas off people. And we you know, we're trying to challenge each other. And and we talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, and everything we do has that lens in it. And so sometimes like it, we have difficult conversations, but we're always really civil about it and trying to come from a place of understanding and empathy. And so it's it's good because we get we get challenged like our you know our perspective gets challenged and uh, makes us grow and and be better people are you excited that you've been a part of it I am and I I really am I love it so much I hope that other people will uh, apply so for all my Virginia people I really recommend apply 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 and tell other people if you can't go tell other people about the opportunity I think other states need to have this I don't know if the league like state leagues could put this kind of program on I'd be happy to help people um, understand what different weekends we did for trainings and I've been trying to take lots of notes Um, but this is something that I think is just really great for new organizers experienced organizers and to really have that perspective like different perspectives from all over the state people working on different issues because not just the just being progressive but it's also that we are all in the trenches together and we have to work together and so it I think it helps eliminate some of that scarcity mindset um we become friends there's a lot of one-on-one and so there's a lot of trust built up in um in our work and so now when you know for the next year we're going to be having emails flying back and forth as coalition partners and there won't be this feeling like we're on each other's turf we're gonna we're all friends in this battle and you know we're all allies and um i think that's the other thing that this program really brings is is that sense of trust between organizations and organizers yeah i've been thinking a lot about like scarcity and abundance too because of you know like right now it's thanksgiving week and we're recording before thanksgiving um but like believing in abundance is so so powerful um that 
you don't we don't have to fight each other for for stuff i mean there's enough for all of us to work together and you know um there's enough work to do that we don't have to battle as like um nonprofits just yeah. in general too yeah it's hard i i i can say this past year i have found myself in the scarcity mindset a few times and once i realized like where I was at, I, I realized this wasn't a good space for me and I need to like step back. You know, for anybody who's listening, if you do find yourself in that scarcity, competition, territorial mindset, it's time to stop and think about like what's really at stake, the cause, that's the issue, it's the purpose and the people, um, that's all that really matters. Everything else, can just let it go. For our Deeds Not Words segment, we're reflecting on and diving deep into election 2018 and naming some wins we're thankful for. First off, I was an election officer, I have to share. It was awesome. It was busy. It was super busy. But one of my most favorite things that came out of that um, election day experience was how many new voters we had. So first time voters. And we have special first time voter stickers in my area. And so it was so, um, it was like each one was like a, a celebration in itself uh, when someone said, this is my first time voting. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so we'd like jump up and down and give her a sticker. And um, and since there's only one high school in my area and I'm there helping to do voter registration at the high schools, it's so awesome when you see the same people you registered to vote and now they're showing up and you get to give them their first time voter sticker. Oh, wow. It's the best, <laughs> the best. And then um, the other thing cool that, the other cool thing that happened on election day was we're setting up a like a high school campus student unit group for the league. So the the idea is that the students are going to run their own units and myself and another uh, league member will be like their liaisons and supporters. And they did um, election observers. Uh, so that was awesome. And they took notes and um, gave me their experience. And we did a little bit of training beforehand. And it worked out awesome. And they loved it. They said it was totally worthwhile. And um, it was great. So wow. That's so cool. I um I didn't know that they had the first time voting stickers. That's really cool. I didn't know I they know. had that. Yep. It was super cool. And they were so happy to get it. And it was just, um, oh, it was such a great day. It was a long day, but it was a great day. So it was worth being an election official. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really think that election officials, like everybody should do it. Like it should be like jury duty. Uh, it's it is a service to your community to your state to your country and we should all at least serve one election um even if you have to take a day of vacation uh to take a day off from work i think that everybody should do it because then you can see how this election you know these ids id laws or precinct like our area if you show up in the wrong precinct you can't you technically can't really vote. You can do a provisional ballot, but it won't count. Um, so like under seeing that stuff up close and having to like have that frustrated vo- voter standing in front of you saying, what do you mean? It's not, I'm not registered to vote or I'm not in your system. I registered to vote six months ago. I'm supposed to be there. And so then you have to deal with that and, and remembering like what the protocol is for it. It's, it's fantastic. Everybody should have to experience it. Right. right. I, I haven't done it yet, but I really want to do it. I think it's mm-hmm. just a matter of the timing for myself. But yeah. um, in Ohio, we have elections every year. So there's a lot of opportunity. And Virginia has the same thing. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. And you get a little coin in your pocket. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sweet. <laughs> That's cool. 
<laughs> put that on a credit card somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make the, I'm glad that they do pay the, um, if you work the polls, you get some, you usually get a stipend. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yep. Each yeah. community is that's a different level, but yeah, it is. Um, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> it's a nice little incentive to keep yes. signing up. It is a long ass day. I think it's like 16 hours. So, oh um, and when it's those busy election days, like this midterm, you don't really get any breaks. Like you're on it the whole time and you can't leave. So it's, it's worth, you know, they should yeah. give you a little money for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, um, I mean, things that we're thankful for. I mean, I put the voting, like getting out the vote is something that, um, I'm really thankful for because people participating in democracy, no matter who they're voting for is always going to be better. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that, um, this past election, we really saw that people coming yeah. out. Yep. Oh, yep. Cool. And this, when we talk more through this episode, we're going to talk a bit about that because people came out. It, it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, so first off I can talk about is the women rocked it. Women are in the house and literally the Woo-hoo! U.S. house. Yeah. <laughs> How many you ask? Like over 110 women. So I was showing, I was telling the kids about it. Um, and it was, I mean, like when you think about, we have 435 U.S. reps and so now 110 of them, give or take, are women. Like, we still have a long ways to go, no doubt. Like, we shouldn't have a quarter. But, I mean, that's big. That's a big – we had a big year. That was a great year. And more than 20 black women will be serving in the U.S. Congress. I mean, that's awesome. That's, awesome. that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a – it really is a big win for democracy. Congress and some state governments are starting to reflect the communities in which they serve. So we're getting those different perspectives that are so valuable. Um, we're getting them in – leadership and that's and this is also a great opportunity for those local and state because they're building the bench so that those people can eventually also come to the u.s house and u.s senate so and maybe president and i was trying to keep up i have my um um congress quarterly congress directory so i was trying to keep up on who was reelected, and my hand got oh. tired <laughs> so oh like, wow <laughs> okay this person got reelected. no this person got you know voted out or you know so i wrong. think i hear a trivia game coming on <laughs> yes. it's time to have a <laughs> sip and civility or pub crawl or something with <laughs> Who was reelected and who got the boot? (laughs) (laughs) That would, um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just fun, like, to watch election night results. All my peeps were out there at the bar hanging out and watching the things. And I was like, yeah, no, I got to go to bed. So (laughs) you did your duty. I did. Well, and I, I watched, I was trying to watch some of the big names, um, like Stacey Abrams is like one of my heroes. And so, um, and some, some local district races here in Virginia. So I, I kind of stayed up a little bit to watch some of that stuff, but. It was a long day. <laughs> right. right. You had fun another another day. Yeah, that's right. There's always another day for, for watching politics and drinking booze. <laughs> True. We just encourage you to check out um, who is representing you um, at the local and state level. So check out what's happening in your state. I mean, it's. Um, I was doing that for Ohio, and it was really cool learning who these uh, new folks are or, um, or learning who the incumbents are. And so mm-hmm. that's always, it's always worth the time to, to check that out. So we encourage yeah, you plus to do this, that. Well, and this is the time when people want to get to know those people and start developing relationships um, start signing up for their new, their email newsletters now so you can find out when their next fundraising event is so that you can hit them up and tell them what your issue is um, and well, so or when their office hours are. Mm-hmm. And what um, Ohio's doing is we got a new um, Ohio League of Women Voters. Um, we got a new Secretary of State, and so they had our, they we knew um, the incumbent wasn't running for the same 
um, office. So we were going to get a new secretary of state no matter what. And so um, we printed postcards and we are um, putting what the league cares about for uh, fair elections like on the postcard and then distribute them around the state. So the new secretary of state knows who the league is and we can really make a difference. So they've been working on that this fall. So that is cool. Once they get in the office, they know who we are. Wow. That's awesome. I really like that. So to get ready for this episode, I found myself jumping into these women's Wikipedia pages and online voter guides and then campaign pages to learn more about them. And uh, in Virginia, we had an outstanding we had we had some outstanding women and men run. Um, so it was super cool to dive into leaders of other states because I've been kind of following Virginia real close. Um, but now to see who now represents some of my friends in other states. So I, I, it was cool. And these stories, like going back to my progressive leadership project stuff, um, really now I really have a new appreciation for stories. And uh, so so for this episode, preparing myself to to know who won and and getting to see what these women, their stories are, was really a neat exercise. So uh, for the record, though, I got to say, Virginia, we elected Jennifer Wexton. Uh, She was state senator for the 33rd district, um, and she's also an attorney, which is the district next door to mine. So it's like a lot of my friends have her now as their U.S. rep. Uh, We also voted for a woman named Abigail Spanberger. She's a former CIA CIA agent. um, And she's got a, she's just a really, seems like a really cool lady. A lot of my friends I know went to her district to go and canvas for her. And then we have Elaine Luria, who's a Navy veteran and business owner. And so I also saw some of my friends going into her district as well. It was so much political activism in my state. So I'm I'm guessing that every state must have had like a similar level of enthusiasm because all of these amazing wins that happened. Yeah, I went to an election recap and that was the message that we got um, from that was that everyone's political now. Like it is the thing to be. And um, political news is just that's what the the websites for like media outlets, that's what people are reading. So um, it's really have a surge of like political awareness and political activism. It's amazing because you're like, we've been in the league for how long and nobody cared about us. (laughs) We weren't the cool people on the block. And now it's like everybody's into this. It's just like. We have friends. Before, I was like that weird political person standing on the corner with my kids. And now it's like, we're all p- political people. Right. It's <laughs> like, it's weird. We just You're gotta... weird now if you don't po- talk politics. That's right. Like, we're finally, we're not nerds anymore. Yeah. We're, we're cool. We're, <laughs> finally, I'm popular. <laughs> I think we just lost our credibility. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to know more about politics, you definitely can um, get it. So there is all kinds of good stuff out there. We keep hearing that it's been a great year for women. It's the year of the woman. And and I think they said that in 94, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, I think so. But we, um, I mean, you know, it's the year of the woman when like women are equally represented but we're not there yet but we're gonna we're gonna um take our wins where we can I think when they say the year of the women too i think they're also talking about suburban women who did the canvassing not only did we have all these new women who are elected but it was the suburban women who traditionally haven't been really out there doing you know a lot of this kind of work and now they are organizing their own organizations they're fundraising they're starting packs they're canvassing every single weekend they're coming up with cool shirts and graphics so it's i think that the whole year of the women is it's the year of women who finally are like taking charge and taking names and getting 
getting shit done. <laughs> right. There's like really great news for some um, other women leaders. Um, Iana Presley defeated a 10-term Democratic incumbent in September and then ran unopposed on election day to become Massachusetts' first black woman to join Congress, which is amazing. That is. And then there's the 31-year-old Democrat who's Lauren Underwood. She resides in a predominantly white and mostly Republican district, and she became the first, became one of the youngest black women to serve in Congress. So that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, she's only 31. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. <laughs> it's like the time. It's so different now, right? Like It we is. Can like, yeah. See, see this all come together. But Ilhan Omar will be America's first Somali-American woman um, to serve yeah. in Congress representing Minnesota, which is amazing. I was super yep. stoked about that. Um, and Rashida Talab from Michigan um, is one of the first Muslim women elected to Congress, too. So that's amazing. Yep. Johanna Hayes won the 2016 National Teacher Year of the Year. Uh, and now she'll be the first black woman to represent Connecticut in Congress. And I, I have a soft spot for I love when I hear those stories about teachers to Congress stories or teacher to elected leaders. I don't know why, but it's just like, that's amazing. So there's Lucy McBath. She's a gun control advocate whose son was murdered in 2012. She won Georgia's 6th district, um, which was a district that has been controlled by Republicans for almost 40 years. So that's a huge, that's a huge win when you think 40 years. And uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, she, this woman, she really like, her son is gone. Like, I really hope that she being in Congress and all these other new people being in Congress, we can finally get some some gun safety legislation in because uh, this this has got, I mean, all that work, canvassing, giving money, starting packs, all that stuff, it has got to be for something. And that is an issue that like over 80 some Americans believe there should be background checks and things like that. So, gosh, I hope, right. hope we get some good stuff coming out right. soon. It's going to be really important. Um, and so... Um, when you these elections really matter on policy and mm -hmm. so um and i think people are starting to realize that that's why people are coming out and um voting now so it's good mm -hmm. and then in nevada um, you must be celebrating um all week following election day it's women powered um, women-led nevada has two female u.s senators a first female majority state supreme court and the nation's first majority female legislative chamber oh my goodness that's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, that is so exciting. And, and we have our we have a good friend, Sandra, who lives in Nevada. She's the state president for the Nevada um, League of Women Voters. I am sh sure that woman is dancing. <laughs> like she's like, that is awesome. Yes. Our state is amazing. Yes. And so, you know, we you know, I love the history. And so we, we want to have a nod to um, Ann Martin, who was um, Alice Paul's friend back in the day, and she's from was from Nevada, and she ran for office right after women got the right to vote. So, um, Ann Martin, this one's for you. Um, I'm sure you would be really <laughs> proud about the big wins for women in Nevada this season. All those new role models for all these young girls to be looking up to. Black girl magic happened in Texas. So I thought this is a super cool story. I hadn't heard about it while the election was going, but it's probably because there was a lot going on in Virginia. But hashtag Houston 19. Uh, that's a thing. So if you go and check it out, I'm sure you'll be able to catch up. But for the synopsis, it's 19 black women were elected to judicial positions in Harris County, Houston, Texas. So imagine practicing law in a network of strong, smart women who look like you. It's like instant comrades. Black girl magic is happening in Houston. And speaking of black girl magic, Stacey Abrams, who ran for the governor of Georgia. So had she won, she would have been one of the only 
five women of color who have served as governor, and that number includes territories like Guam, Puerto Rico, and Washington, D.C. So, I mean, only had she got it, which it sounds like she has, did, she was, you know, she came up a little bit short, but there was a ton of voter suppression that was happening in that state, so that's jacked up. But if she did get it, she would have been five, one of five women of color. I just think, I mean, we have not had enough women and women of color governors um, in this country. No. Yeah. But the count was really, really freaking close. And there was a serious overt and covert voter suppression happening in Georgia. And Stacey showed us, though, that you can fight with grit and grace. And how being an expert on issues is necessary, even when you're fighting in the most unfair race. That I was watching some of the live stream of her speaking and she knows those issues inside and out. And she has been at the podium fighting for people since she was a teenager. I mean, she really was, she's just truly amazing. She's going to keep, I think, doing amazing things. She's not going away. So as everyone saw it, um, everybody was coming out. I saw pictures of Will Ferrell. I saw pictures of Oprah. I think everybody saw it. They knew what was happening in Georgia wasn't fair. And so they all came to her side to fight for her. Um, so I hope that, I hope we keep that. I hope maybe she can run for president. So stay tuned. Um, she's, she's one of those amazing, inspiring leaders who America just can't afford to ignore, um, just after one campaign. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I saw Oprah, um, in those pictures. I was jealous. I want Oprah to, uh, ring on my doorbell. Right? Yeah, I'd freak out. <laughs> I, I don't think I know what to do. <laughs> Will Ferrell too. I'm like, what? I was like, you, that is awesome. Canvassing is cool now. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, we had John Legend come to our board of elections the weekend before wow. election day. Yeah, I didn't get to meet him, but oh, that's that super cool. Thing. Yeah, so he didn't ring on my doorbell, but next time, I'm telling you, <laughs> politics is in. It's like the new black dress. Like Asian American voting is up, and ha- they had very many historic wins this election season, including Suri Preston Kulkarni, who, according to the report in Black Voice News, was told by the Democratic Party not to focus on reaching out to Asian Americans voters since that group neither votes or they vote Republican. So he ignored that advice and spoke uh, not only English, but spoke in Hindi, Talmi, Mandarin, and Vietnamese. And he lost his race only by 15,000 votes, which is the closest anyone has gotten to defeating the incumbent in that district. Um, what we see is that, you know, it really pays off to reach out and expand the, the electorate and expand democracy. And sometimes you have to ignore the party because, right. like, ignoring voters that's crazy that is crazy that's so. not good yeah. yeah no partisan politics is not where it's at you know it's these things are bigger than that yeah i i remember two years ago 2016 uh i remember listening to jason kander when he was running for u.s senate in missouri and the democratic party had told him not to camp ca- campaign on the issue of voter ids um and he he said no that's not that's not that's not okay <laughs> i will be talking about how unfair and unjust voter ID is in Missouri. And he got really close. He didn't win, but he still got really close um, in that state that went for Trump. So it's that was, you know, sometimes you have to go with your gut and and just talk the issues that you know are important. So overall, like voting was up. So not only did we have a ton of candidates voting in general, I think we all know that was 
that was also equally very popular. According to Pew Research, Latino voters came out. 27% were first-time voters. A majority who are 30 and younger voted for the first time. And young people, they, they really came out. I don't know if this was just all Parkland kids and all that inspiration or if this was all the media or it's just what cool kids do now. But uh, young people are silent no longer. People under 35 showed up in force. In some places, according to the Independent, young people, um, their increase was up 500%. So, and also according to the Atlantic, YPs uh, voted early. So 188% increase from the 2014 midterm. So they're Mm -hmm. taking advantage of some of that early voting in some of those states. So a 500% increase. I mean, that's just... Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> keep, keep it going. Let's keep, keep going in 2020. Yeah. Issue campaigns were all the rage this election. So um, issues we talk about in league um, did gain a lot of momentum and won. So for instance, ending gerrymandering and making it easy for people to vote, Florida came up big. They were a huge winner. Up to 1.4 million people in the Sunshine State have their rights restored and will be able to vote in the next election. Um, it's starting to break down some of the old Jim Crow legacy that is um, is there. And there's much more to do, but this is a huge win for Florida. And I, when that came through on election night, I was cheering and um, the league was cheering. We were so excited. Oh my gosh, that was such... I mean, that's... Talk about expanding expanding democracy 1.4 million people now in florida are gonna vote like that's incredible and think how different the elections are going to be now in that state so virginia we don't have that so now we truly do suck because we still um, disenfranchise people and so hopefully we can look to florida and and change our laws we don't have the initiative process but um, thank you, Florida, for all that hard work that you did. It's awesome. In Ohio, we don't have that. Like, as long as you're not physically in prison, you can vote. Maryland, Nevada, Nevada again, and <laughs> Michigan, with respect to making it a little easier for voters, they had lots of great news that um, that came from my former state of Michigan, which was super exciting to see. And I've been watching it for the last six months or, or longer. Um, there are different campaigns that have been going on. So one was that they, Michigan, um, this election, they legalized marijuana. So... That's fun. Uh, they established the gold standard for redistricting. So what California has with that independent redistricting commission, uh, that Mich- Michigan is going to have that now. And they exposed, expanded voting rights with automatic voter registration and same-day voter registration. So dang, it's, I mean, it is awesome what Michigan did. And now it is probably, I should probably go move back there because they have <laughs> way better laws in Virginia. (laughs) Um, So lots of good stuff happening there. That's awesome. Yes. And Mm -hmm. Colorado joins Michigan. Um, They too will be going through a redistricting process now that voters have had their say. And Maryland now has same day voter registration for future elections. And Nevada, yet again, big winner, has automatic voter registration too. Uh, In Washington state, they passed some uh, restricting for gun purchases and raised the minimum age to buy a gun to 21. And then then in Massachusetts, the voters stood by the, their LGBTQT friends by declaring uh, discriminating based on gender identity is not welcome in public or commercial spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Missouri and Ar- Arkansas, um, 
Both states voted to increase the minimum wage. So that's some exciting that's stuff. Super, I know. And I don't know if our listeners knows, but my mom lives in Missouri and that's where I went to high school at. And so Missouri, like I, I try to keep an ear to what's happening over there. And uh, my mom hasn't voted probably in over 20 years. I know it's crazy because I'm a league member and all I talk about is voting and my own mom hasn't voted. So there's a lot of... Missouri has some really restrictive voting laws, so I'll just put that there. But anyways, I have to say, shout out to my mom. Great job, mom, for voting this time um, because you po- you help bring better wages. So by her voting, and I know how my mom votes, um, she definitely can use a pay increase. So I know she voted for that initiative. And she also helped legalize medical marijuana. Um, and so it's awesome. So nicely done. Impeccable timing, mom. And uh, I'm glad you voted. You better vote again. Snaps for Amy's mom, mama. That's right. (laughs) Yep. Good job. Um, But, you know, as as anything, there's always more to do. And that's what Mm -hmm. we know about um, being league members. So in um, North Carolina, the voter ID law now is in the state constitution, which is unfortunate. Um, North Dakota, um, with their clarifying U.S. citizen language now. um, And Alabama, Oregon, and West Virginia with their new anti-abortion language and laws. So some are worse than others. There's still a lot of work to do. Yep, there is. There is a lot of work to do. Oregon, Alabama, West Virginia, North Dakota, North Carolina. We got our work cut out for us in those states. Yep. And then obviously Georgia with all that voter suppression stuff that was happening. And, and we know we got Florida with the signature thing. That was that was crazy. And then we have all the states that are gerrymandered. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do. <laughs> we got, so there's, elections are cool. Right. Politics are cool. So yeah. let's keep at it. Yeah. Um, so my favorite topic is always campaign finance reform. Um, I, you know, I always say the root of all evil goes back to the money and greed. This year specifically was a big year for passing reform measures with public financing of campaigns. That's what they say. Like oftentimes we might not be able to reverse Citizens United. Um, it, you know, that's that could take a very long time if we ever get there. But what we can do to help curb the problem with the big influence of money and to help more people participate is to bring publicly financed elections and small donor contributions. So places like this time around Baltimore, Baltimore is crafting their program now that says that 75 percent of voters voted for it. So they joined their neighbors also in Maryland, Montgomery County, Prince George County, Howard County, and Washington, D.C. So they all have a form of publicly financed elections. And that's awesome. And 75% of their voters voted for it. So it's a really popular issue. And I hope that more states and more localities will start adopting it because when you see they have 75% of voters, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. Don't be afraid to bring those to your communities. And it's contagious. And like I said, once people learn about it and understand how it helps normal, everyday people participate in campaigns and helps communities elevate their best and brightest who may not have fat wallets or rich people and corporations in their pockets, um, you know, this is this is good. And so also joining the ranks in public financing of elections is Denver, Colorado, who overwhelmingly supported public financing for local elections. And New York City, they already had it. And a lot of us activists look to New York City because they're one of the first, but they actually made it even better. So they they already had it and then they expanded it and made it stronger. So now their system is a small donor matching system that before had a six to one match. Now they're going to have an eight to one match. So that's awesome that the voters said, you know, we're willing to pay for this. Um, earlier, 
Berkeley, California, they started using small donor match. And this election, 12 of the 14 city city council candidates joined the program. So it even as popular with candidates, they're willing to, to try it out. They don't feel like they're being hamstrung. So this is this is great. Voters get in Berkeley, they're going to get four $25 vouchers that candidates can earn. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's in Seattle. So in Seattle, which is my favorite, uh, they get the democracy vouchers. And I, I love the democracy voucher uh, measure. And so the voters in Seattle, they get four $25 vouchers that candidates earn. Um, so someone comes up to your door and they're like, this is why you should vote for me. You get to decide. It's almost like having an early vote, but with a voucher. And you can either give them one $25 voucher. You can give them two. You can give them three. You can give them all four of them uh, if you really love them. And so um, it's great. It's so good. And then the data is out that young people and working class and middle class people came out in Seattle in part because they felt invested after distributing their vouchers. It's like, you know, they feel like they're part of this horse race and they want to see their person get to the finish line. And so, you know, election day is one thing, but sometimes people don't feel like they have anything invested. They don't know these people, but, you know, think measures like the democracy vouchers that Seattle has and some of these other match programs, it gets people, the candidates into different communities that they probably would never have gone before because they know that every single voter has, you know, a $25, you know, dollar sign above their head. They want to grab that, that dollar. So um, I hope more locals will consider bringing that into their communities. Wow. That is so awesome. cool. I had never heard that before, but it what? makes so much really? sense. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. My, um, actually, I asked my state delegate uh, last year to put a bill in for it, and he did. And, you know, of course, we haven't, do, we haven't done any, like, groundwork to get support, and we haven't talked to anybody. But, you know, he threw it out there, and then he used the opportunity to talk to the, the whole floor um, about public trust, you know, and how money, you know, distorts what we feel and if we, we can't really you know believe what people are passing and writing bills on because they're like well is that because the money's talking or is it because you actually care or what so mm-hmm. it's it's great wow. democracy vouchers if you haven't had time to research it I, I really recommend researching it and then talking with your electeds and seeing if you can you know bring it to your Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, too, is that I don't know in Virginia if you all vote for judges, but in Ohio, um, all of our judges are elected for six-year terms. And so um, if you're in a state that has uh, judicial candidates, the public wants to know more and more about judicial candidates. Um, We saw a lot of people asking questions about how to vote for, for judge for judges. Um, haven't heard anyone say like the Kavanaugh effect, but the Kavanaugh hearings, I think, made people more um, oh. aware of how much influence a judge has on policy and, and government and, and decisions that matter to the electorate. Um, if you live in a state where um, you elect judges, that could be something that the people want to know more about. And so yeah, we saw I- that for sure. Yeah, we don't, in Virginia, they don't. But when we lived in Michigan, they did. And when, um, as a league leader, we we talked about this a lot because there's a lot of, like, dark money that people don't know about that's paying for these campaigns for these judges. And that's really, really gross and bad when you think about these judges are sometimes, like, they're the last decider. Like, they get to interpret the law, and yet they're getting money funneled to them by 
people we don't even know or agents we don't know. So it's not it's not good. So that's something to also keep working on is trying to eliminate super PACs and have more disclosure laws. So so I think there's just so much um, work we can do, um, league members and just citizens to understand right. um, how how courts work and ju- the uh, judges and judicial candidates. So. Yeah, especially since, you know, judges are not somebody, it's not an elected representative that you're going to go to and work on an advocacy campaign with or, you know, or be talking, calling them all the time, writing postcards. So it's, that is, those are, that's a tricky one. That's a really tricky uh, campaign for voters to, I think, feel inspired to get right. involved in. Right. We don't want them skipping those, um, mm-hmm. you know, the um, their opportunity to vote because we know they undervote on that. And so yeah. people just need yeah. more information. Yep. That's why you have voters guides and vote for one one or if you're in California, you get voters edge. So yeah. Election day 2018 was huge. It was there was so much going on. It's done. It's behind us. It's great. We have a lot of work to do when we come up in January. Um, But right now, I think it's time for us to, to make sure that we take some time for ourselves to reflect. I've been reading graphic novels lately. We can have a whole episode about that later. But let's reflect on the big wins. You know, think about the losses, but don't dwell. And how all of that translates to your Giving Tuesday campaign and your future fundraising, your end of year fundraising. And then just take the time to rest and recharge and be with friends and family and to remember why you fight so hard. It's because you know America is better than what we've been seeing lately. We're capable of so much more. We do this for our family, for our future, for the planet. And um, so take some time for yourself. So this time around, we have an activist tip. So instead of our activist alert, we have an activist tip. So it coming up uh, on November 27th is hashtag Giving Tuesday, which is a global day for nonprofits to ask for money because we have worked our tails off all year and now it's time to invite more people on our journey. So we know that you all ba- busted your asses this year. You made <laughs> democracy work in your community, in your state, in your country, and it's been an emotional year. And you probably spent a lot of coin on your campaigns. So now's the time to invite folks to join you in refilling your war chest. So use your social media, your email network, website, person-to-person network, and anything else you have to reach people and share with them your great work that your organization did. It is an honor to fund this type of civic service, and no one does it quite like you. So invite your friends, supporters, volunteers, and even your family to join you in making a financial gift to your organization this Giving Tuesday. We like to say, don't be afraid to ask people up front and straight up for for the money. We don't get um, 120 plus women in Congress and win new democracy expanding initiatives on Election Day with thumbs up and heart emoticons. It takes serious money, so please give and encourage others to give. This is Melissa Currents. And this is Amy Yerstead. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it is more important what you're going to do. It's been a long year campaigning for issues and for people. You spent dollars, time, and shoe leather making sure democracy won on Election Day. And it shows. Congress looks different, and several states have new laws that will expand democracy. Shout it from the rooftops. Celebrate these big wins and help your supporters and donors know how they are on this journey with you. It is an honor to be able to fund such great work. Giving Tuesday is November 27th, so maximize your tech, your writing, and your relationship skills to help build your war chest up. You'll need it again soon. We'll see you next time. You couldn't say coin. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're cool, Melissa, but you're not that cool. <laughs> it's true. I know my limits. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any limits. <laughs>